Hello, I'm Michael Harvey. Uh, I'm um, former editor of Autocar, former editor of Top Gear, um, former correspondent for the Financial Times and for the Telegraph Luxury, um, but now the editor and one of the owners of uh, Road Rat magazine. I'm going to click yeah. record because yeah. we're already chatting away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is quite unstructured. So yeah, yeah. The conversation doesn't have a list of questions or I've not done research or anything like that. Okay. The whole premise of this is it's a casual chat. Yeah. Interesting people within the automotive yeah. world. Yeah. And it acts as an example that conversation doesn't have to be scary or challenging sure. or a big hurdle to overcome. Sure, sure. Essentially, if I can go around chatting to people that I don't yeah. really know yes. and we can hold a conversation... Yeah. You can talk to your mates. Yeah, like that's the whole problem. No, look, I get it, and it's a you know, it's and it's a really nice story. Um, um, obviously, I know Alex pretty well, Alex Goy, yeah. um, and Sim and I are friends with the dogs and stuff. And it was Sim who suggested it. Uh, but um, um, no, look, completely cool. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I'm an old man now. I've been doing this for an awful long time. And <laughs> um, I really am. I had a, an almost significant birthday. Right week before last, um, so, so I'll be sixteen next year. Um, okay. And I've um, I started in automotive media, which yeah. is what I've done all my life. The only thing I've ever done. Um, I started in uh, at Autocar in 1984. Yeah. Um, when I needed a job in a hurry, my tertiary education stopped two years right. prematurely, um, abruptly, and not out of choice. Yeah. Um, and. Um, Weirdly enough, I got two jobs on the same day. Um, I applied to, um, to get a, um, a job um, selling adverts on Autosport because right. I was obsessed with motor racing at that time. That yeah. was my only big interest. Yeah, when that dial okay. gets to the top, I'll stop and make a coffee. No, that's so, fine. Uh, it might be worth us just saying who you are and what you do. Okay, before yeah. we okay get... we'll start again. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Just say that now Yeah. and then we'll just carry on chatting. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, this is not a professional outfit. Okay. It is me, my laptop, <laughs> these little microphones, and I just okay. go around and I chat to well, people. Well, these are pretty professional looking. So, Recommended by Henry Catchpole. It's okay. about as close as I've, I've been okay. to being a professional at anything. Okay. Well, um, Henry's a road rack contributor. So exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, there's your first hint as to who I'm talking to. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Hello, I'm Michael Harvey. Uh, I'm um, former editor of Autocar, former editor of Top Gear, um, former correspondent for the Financial Times and for the Telegraph Luxury, um, but now the editor and one of the owners of uh, Road Rat magazine. Brilliant. Ro- and that, we have Mary with us. That was Mary, my chocolate Labrador, who, if anybody's followed the Road Rat story and come to see us at Scrambles at Bista Heritage, where we're based, will be aware of my, of my chocolate Labrador. So if you hear any rustling, folks, it's me opening her bag of treats to keep her, to, Just to keep keep her, her quiet happy. and stuff. So, um, <laughs> yes, and if you're done for a minute, Mary, don't. Is that all right? If you yeah, yeah, that's fine. Stuff, yeah. Okay, you just sit there, darling. A lot of the feedback there. I've had when I've released these is, I love the casual nature. It's like sitting with your mates yeah. and just having a chat. Yeah. So it's perfectly on it's, trend. Look, it's, you know, somebody with a, you know, who's really done their research and has got a great long list of questions and stuff. It's, um, it's, it's dispiriting. It's much, much, I, I'm totally with you. I'd much rather just have a blether and see where it goes, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. And the, the people that work in this world and have the, the experience like yourself, mm. they've done all the interviews, they've answered all the questions. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to find anything that's going to be new and exciting that people haven't already heard. And I had this conversation with um, Paul Cowland yes. in a previous episode. And it was, he was like, 
you just get used to repeating your same answers. Yes. So you're, you're almost not engaged in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whereas having yeah. a conversation with no questions prepared, yes. you, you don't know where it's going. We ended up talking about like religion, and yes. like went off in all these different tangents, purely because it was like, well, let's see what happens. Yes. It, it kind of, it keeps it a little bit more Okay, well, on mate, if I start talking about cricket or cooking or sailing, um, those are my other great passions. Um, and... Uh, Three things I'm not very good at, so yes. I, I can't really contribute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always kind of... So, yeah, look, my story. So I started at Autocar, um, very, very junior. Uh, Autocar had just been bought by Haymarket, right. who already owned Watcar and Autosport. Um, um, and um, they... Uh, oh, here's something I'll tell you that people haven't heard before. I... The day I was there, an old friend of my elder brother's, Mick Walsh of Classic and Sports Car fame, was in the building. And I bumped into Mick as I was leaving, having done an interview for a job selling ads on Autosport Classified. And Mick said, oh, we've just bought Autocar from IPC. The new editor is a guy called Bernard Barnett, who is a famous um, editor of Campaign, um, Haymarket's advertising industry magazine. He's been brought in to, 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 to uh, zhuzh up. I'll introduce you. Maybe you shall get on. So... I went to see Bernard and we had a chat and I told him that I'd been chucked out of college um, and he asked why and I explained that I'd been sick and he asked what was wrong with me and I said I twisted my testicles um, and which I had done and which is the single most painful thing I've heard doctors male doctors this is male doctors only say that it's as painful as childbirth oh, oh, catch that even Siri wants. Even to know. Siri wants to talk about my bollocks, but it's a. Um, so, but anyway, we so Bernard and I bonded over a testicle chat. Uh, Bernard had suffered the same thing, so I got a gig there, which was great whilst Bernard was there. But then when Bernard left after a short period of time, it was less good. Right. Um, and I struggled for a few years. I didn't really get on with the editors and people there. But um, but I stuck it out, and then um, Haymarket famously hired Mel Nichols and Steve Cropley to right. come and fix their business, and I did then get on with, with Mel and Steve um, and did really well and got the editor's job there in 1992. When they, um, yeah, they did a really ballsy thing. There was um, um, EMAP launched against us with a magazine called Car Week. You're probably too young to remember it, but it was a, but it was a big thing then, yeah. big battle. Um, Autocar was a cash cow back then because, there was, because it was 1992. There was no digital. It was, you know, it was you know, classified ads was their income. Yeah. They had a big classified section. So they were really worried. But bless them, rather than... And it's so unlike Haymarket, because they're so conservative. But um, they took a gamble on um, trusting the title to an editor who never edited before, me, um, and a team of really young guys. Um, But when I tell you those young guys included people like Andrew Frankel and Steve Sutcliffe, um, they were a heroic bunch of young guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, they're all names that are... Well known, pretty names, much everyone in the car. Massive names, and we all, you know, we all kind of, you know, we we, you know, yeah. The road test team, particularly led by Andrew, worked their nuts off, worked incredibly hard, um, and remarkably, we ended up beating this launch, which had a bigger staff, bigger budget, everything. Um, um, and then we kind of lost our direction a little bit. I think once we'd done that, I don't think the guys at Haymarket knew what they wanted Autocar to be. Yeah, I had a vision. Um, ultimately didn't agree with theirs, so I got fired. Um, and um, it's been a lot of uphill struggle, hasn't it? It's been. Oh no, I've been there. I've you know, I've, I, you know, it's kind of. I'm very good at crashing and burning at moments when, you know, it all went wrong at Top Gear as well. But uh, but but after huge success, you know, and I, yeah. th- I think that's the problem. I think when you get when you when you when it's gone really well, 
And Autocar went really well. Our only objective was to beat off Car Week, and we beat off Car Week. Um, and Top Gear, I mean, this was when the show was in its pond, you know, Jeremy and, um, and Co were still there. Um, this was between 2003 and 2009. You know, we were selling over 200,000 magazines a month. You know, it was just insane. Enormous, unheard of now, of course, with, you know, post-digital crash and stuff. But, uh, uh, but I think sometime, you know, we had 27 international ed- editions, you know. I fought with the BBC about a digital direction. Uh, I fought with Jeremy and Andy about our digital direction, um, but I think I kind of I lost interest a little bit. You know, right, yeah. It was kind of it was hard to know where to go when you're at the top like that. Um, um, and I was in a relationship with an American girl and, and spending a lot of time there and stuff, so that all went wrong. Um, but then after that, I kind of um, I think I lost. I think I was losing interest in it a little bit. I think the the, the problem with the auto industry and the media. Unless you're really obsessed with it, and I'm not. I, 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 I like cars, but I like a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, I regularly, you know, don't go to Goodwood because I'm at a cricket match. You know, yeah. um, and um, because of product cycles, like every six years it's all changed, and it's and it's a new version of the same car. Um, that when you've been doing it a long time, I just you think, oh, here we go again. It's another Mercedes S class. Yeah, yeah, and it's this technological engineering wonder piece and you should be fascinated by it but you find yourself going oh God, I'm just marking my life by these launches you know so so I you know I, I drifted away from it a little bit um, so you're now like on your, I'm on my 10th S-Class launch well exactly <laughs> yeah. you know exactly and if you know and you've got what are we going to write about at this time you know I mean S-Class is probably not a good example because there's, there's always new technical innovations and stuff yeah. you know uh, and stuff but, but, the, but, the but the by that stage is not sparking no I mean you know I did you know <laughs> we, I did yeah, the first generation Mondeo. I did the second generation Mondeo, I think. First generation Mondeo, we were on autocar. And I just, we were all in our 20s. We were so young, had so much energy. Um, don't, don't ask, don't do a follow up. There was a lot of energy around. Uh, but um, um, we knew the new Mondeo was, when, it was, when the Mondeo was launched, replacing the Sierra, was going to be good. Clearly, very, very good, an absolute game changer motor car. So we came up with a stunt. What could we do? And we thought, well, can we drive it around the world in a week? Can we do 24,000 miles in a week? Um, uh, and we figured you could in Europe, you know. Um, <laughs> was it 24, halfway around? I don't know. No, I think it was. No, it was 2,000 miles a day we were going to do. But um, um, yeah, no, and it was complete nonstop. So you'll have to check. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Um, but now I'm sure it was all the way around the world, 24,000 miles in a week. Anyway, we had this incredible schedule. We're going up and down through France and Germany with teams flying in, um, into airports. And oh, so you had to, so you'd go into that airport and there were instructions that if you pulled up curbside and the team weren't there, you went and did another hour's driving, you know, right. as fast as you could and then come back and get them people out. I mean, the thing was just filthy and Dank by the end of it because it was just you know fast food and Red Bulls or whatever. I don't know there weren't there weren't energy drinks back then. No, so I guess it was co- coffee, co- coffee and Coca Cola. You know, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's Mondeo story. But yeah, so just so came back to me. It was um, yeah, I think I was I was pretty um, burnt out with it and um, um, not really knowing. There's so much product. That's the, you know when I started. You know there, there was you know the bit there was a golf. And there was a Golf, and that was it. Yeah. And now there are umpteen Volkswagen versions on that same platform. And then there's all there's the Audi versions, and there's the, and there's the Seat versions, and the, and, the, and, the, and the rest of it. So much product. So, and it's just bombarding you. And this kind of 
differences and nuances. There's not really any stories there, I guess. That's no, it's, it's not interesting variants. It's not like you've got like your M3 and your, your Cosworth one night or yeah. your variants. It's, yeah. You've yeah. got a Golf. Yeah. You've got a Golf in a Seat badge yeah. that might be a bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've got a Golf in an Audi badge which might be more expensive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> they all have their own. Sub- what are you going to say? You know, yeah. and, you're, and, you're spa- and, you're, and the story is there are too many cars, and that's about as much as you can go with. And it, that's what it? it is, and I, I, I think that's one of the. Th- I mean, clearly, you know, we're doing okay with road rat. It's you know, it's it, you know, it's a success. It's hard work, you know. Uh, well, the, and the thing with road rat is it has essence, it has character. That is like I'm a reader of road rat. That's my morning coffee magazine. Mm. Like, mm. You've got Magneto next to your yeah. issue on the desk yeah. because. They are comparatively yeah. quarterly, yeah. big, thick, full of stories. The, the goal isn't necessarily... We're thicker. You are thicker and you are... I'm, I'm not going to say this in Magneto's like, criticism because I like Magneto yeah. and I'm a subscriber yeah. to that as well. Yeah. When I first got that one, I thought the first quarter was... I was like, is this just adverts all the way through? Yeah. Like, it's promoting events and things coming yeah. up. And that's just the style that they go in. It is, it's, yeah. They're two very different things. But they're very the different business models as well. I mean, look, yeah. I think, you know, we both... Um, what, uh, Magneto and us, um, uh, and I think we are both in the right place, and I think there is room... I mean, look, I, I wish him well. I like David enormously. I think he's a very talented guy. Um, but I, I think where we've got common ground is that we recognise is that the, is that the motor industry diary that supports these endless product launches is what's killing it. Mm. Because there's just... Everybody feels obliged to write about everything that gets launched. You know? yeah. So there's this, you know, that was the other thing that, that, that got to me. I just, um, I found it very hard to want to, this is when I was freelance, uh, to want to go on launches and stuff. And I, I know a lot of guys love going on launches, but just turning up to business travel, to go to the south of France, to drive a car which is marginally different to the car that you drove the last two, it just takes the magic out of travel. And yeah. of so, but that, look, I'm saying... It's, it's one of those where if you aren't within the automotive world and you hear the people that are in the automotive world talking about it, you go, oh, you, how dare you? You should be privileged yeah, to do it. Like, yeah. yeah, but once you've done a hundred of yeah, them, exactly. they're not that yeah. one-off exciting thing. Like, yeah. oh, I'd give my right arm to go to a racetrack and test yeah. it. I was like, yeah, once. Yeah, once yeah. you've done a load of them, yeah. it's just another, it's another day in the office. It is, I'm afraid. It is. Um, Especially if it's a thing that isn't that new or isn't that yeah. exciting or isn't yeah. that different. It's just yeah. slightly different. Yeah, but yeah, and fr- you know, well, frankly, it's so... I'm just going to make a coffee now. No, no, that's with, fine. You, um, you crack on. It'll be nice uh, background noise. Yeah, well, if it, it should make a nice... I should film get, it for an Instagram. <laughs> I should get the microphone closer to it. There we go. We'll see if we get a nice creamy well, the, the head on The fun thing coffee. about these microphones is they are wireless, so I can also uh, follow you over there uh-huh. and uh, take a photo of you pressing a coffee. There we go. Um, well, it's not bad. It's not the best. We're still learning. There we go. Let it drip. I'm going to try and get you in action with your coffee machine. There we go. Um, what other podcast has live photography and coffee making? Oh, my, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have to have my after lunch coffee. Anyhow, sorry, I'm meandering, no, but, no, no, but, um, but by kind of, by 2016, 20, uh, 2015, 2016, um, I was doing a, a bit of work on the America's Cup um, and, and really enjoying that because yeah. those boats are, you know, completely wind-powered. Um, you know, they're eight-ton boats and they're doing 60 miles an hour. Um, it's insane, isn't it? Because they really get... Right onto the top edge of the the is it aerofoiling. The foil, foil, yeah. foil, yeah. And yeah. they 
Yeah. You just don't understand how it happens. And then it's, you watch it and you're like, that is, there's, there's a wizard. Yeah. Somebody's making yeah. that float. It's insane. The first, first the time I was out in Bermuda on, for the America's Cup, the 2017 America's Cup with Formula One photographer Darren Heath, uh, who's a brilliant photographer. Um, and Darren was just blown away by it. Uh, but the, the bit that really got us was, um, so we were following the Land Rover sponsored Ben Ainsley boat, yep. uh, and we were on their rib, which had two seriously big outboards on the, on the back of it. And the guy opened the throttles up all of the way, and we're blasting across the B- B- Bermuda Sound, and this sailing boat was getting away from us. Gee, it's insane, you know, isn't it? And you just think, my, this is amazing. So that really captured my attention. Um, so I, well, I did some stuff with, um, with Land Rover and then with the Telegraph on that and stuff, which I enjoyed. But, but towards the end of that, um, um, a very old and good friend of mine, John Clayton, um, who um, used to do a column in Top Gear for me. He's a talented bloke, and least of his talents are his, is his writing ability. Um, <laughs> you got but, the bottom you know, of the barrel from him. Yeah, <laughs> just, just to write this for me, please. He's, um, he was good. No, he's good. And he's, uh, you know, he's a wealthy man and had a lovely class, has had some lovely cars, um, still does have. Um, but he introduced me to uh, his friend, Guy Berryman, the bass player with Coldplay. Yeah. Um, and Guy has... Um, uh, an extensive and beautiful and eclectic collection of motor cars, um, um, some of which I think you know are fairly publicly known, like his his two seven five GTB and uh, and stuff like that. But um, um, when you're in one of the biggest bands in the world, you you can afford yeah. these things. Well, on. you can. And, and but guys, you know, guys' background is in. And he was doing engineering at college um, when he met the others, and um, had always worked on old cars with his. He really knows his stuff. Really yeah. knows his stuff. Um, but. Um, but guy like me had found both new car magazines and classic car magazines. Just we just weren't picking them up anymore, um, and um, we thought there was something missing there. We'd identified that there was a growing private sector of independent published magazines, um, which didn't feature anything in cars. Um, uh, we knew there was a different business model: um, direct distribution, um, yeah. uh, revenue coming from pretty high-priced ads. Um, selling to luxury brands outside of automotive. Um, and um, yeah, and John and Guy, we all agreed on it. Um, and um, yeah, we published the first one in 2018. Right. Uh, with Lewis Hamilton on the front cover. Yeah. Um, there you are, it's the original artwork there. Is that the original? That's the original artwork, yeah. That's very cool. So uh, yeah, we wanted, it was funny, we, want, we, we did want to put a car on the first cover. We wanted to put an individual because we wanted to signal our difference. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you start digging around saying who's big enough in, in, in cars to, to kind of transcend car culture and come into general culture, well, there's, frankly, there are only two figures. There's Enzo Ferrari and there's Lewis Hamilton, you know, and Enzo Ferrari was dead, unfortunately. You couldn't really um, grab him for anything. We couldn't. Well, of course, we digitally recreated him for the cover of issue 10, uh, <laughs> but, uh, which we did. Uh, but um, so Lewis went, and then that sold out uh, really quickly. Um, so, um, Fantastic. I think I have the first one. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they're, they're, the originals with the black and white version of the cover are on eBay at 90 quid now. So. Really? Oh. There are two hidden in this office somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking for entry points for a few left. There's a few little rarities. So then we did... Um, we did three more in 2019, um, including um, uh, Nick Trott's award-winning 917 story, which I think very much kind of set the mould as to what the road rat can do, you know, mixing archive photography um, and, and artefact photography and actuality photography and stuff um, 
with our own stuff that we shot in the basement. And I mean, and, and long page counts, 32 pages that, eight and a half thousand words. Um, yeah. And a very, and Nick took it on board and just did something that's never been done before. Basically did a dramatic recreation, you know, invented, com- you know, I didn't invent the conversations. It was obvious those conversations had taken place, but created a, dr- a dramatic dialogue. Yeah. So it was a really active way of telling the tale. And he won the RSC award for that, that year, deservedly oh, so, which was just great. And then we did our, you know, our George Harrison, Gordon Murray story in the next issue with our Mystic Matt cover, and um, and then the famous Mura, peelable Andy Warhol cover. I loved that one at the end of the year, I which was cool. I really didn't want to peel it at all. Yeah, it's one of those. I know it peels, <coughs> and I don't want to ruin it by peeling well, it and then yeah. not putting it back in the you, same. You could, if you're really careful, you can get it off without folks know. We got we, we we spent a bit of time working out the exact tackiness of it all, uh, but um, I mean they were all applied by hand, so they're all ripped off a sheet and applied. Are they? Yeah, they were all not by us, but but uh, although back then, you know, we were. Um, so we distributed the first issue ourselves. It was literally, back, I mean, there were only really two of us working on it, plus some, uh, you know, some, um, an old um, colleague of mine called Rupert, who I used to work with at Redwood Publishing, the contract publishing guys, who I worked with in the 90s after Autocar, um, uh, and Kelder. Um, and, um, and Guy would Guy would get down on his hands and knees and help us put stuff in boxes and then take it off to the post office. But it just got daft. We were doing 500 magazines a day. So it's, you know, and the thing weighs over a kilogram, so it was... Moving half a ton a day. Well, it was. I was constantly having to reset the tire pressure monitor on my, car, on my Golf because it, <laughs> because it fucked it by putting so much in the, in the, in the boot of the car. No um, one's ever gone, what's the load carrying capacity yes, of a Golf? Yes, <laughs> Can I get a ton magazine. of sand in the boot? Yes. Oh, maybe not. We get 500, 500 road rack magazines in there. But, um, so that was, you know, that was at its peak. Um, so, then we, um, so then we put it into a distributor who we just... We just, we, I think we got the brief wrong or they misunderstood what we wanted and it, it was a disaster. Um, and then, so we brought it back in-house again. And it was going well until Christmas of 2019 um, when our um, new distributor went bankrupt. Oh. Um, so, 29, so that happened over Christmas. Our inbox was just filling up with, where's my magazine, where's my magazine? So we knew something was going wrong. And then later... I think it was in February, our printers were part of the same group. They went bankrupt as well. Um, and then, of course, COVID happened. Um, so it was really, you know, we were on a in huge... Well, yeah, well, it, you know, it felt that way. Um, we were on this huge roll. Everybody loved it. It was going like gangbusters. And then suddenly we're all stuck at home and we don't have a printers and we don't have um, distributors and we've got all kinds of legal disputes with them and, and people that they owed money to and stuff that we didn't owe. Um, um, and we were sitting at home wondering what to do. And that's when Nick Trott came up with the idea of doing a little print-at-home fanzine, which yeah. we did, which we called The Ratchet, which we wanted to kind of, you know, we knew we'd do it in the most strict period of lockdown, and then we'd, you know, we'd stop it eventually. I think we did 12, 14 issues of it. Um, but it, it went really well, and it really rejuvenated the business. It got people interested in the back catalogue and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was great, and I think it all gave us a reason to be and stuff while we were sat at home. Um, Kept and, insane, really, then. And people loved it. And, you know, we kind of, we did silly things. Like, we'd always kind of, because we, we, we offered it either as a PDF or as, or as downloadable. If you set up your printer the right way and did it double-sided, you could then fold it and it would turn into a proper Full mag. Yeah, yeah. And then we, if there's that squeaking as the radiator. It is the squeaking as the I'm going to switch it off because it's probably annoying our <laughs> listeners. But it will mean it will get very cold very quickly. That's okay. I'm from further north yes. than you, so I'll, I'll be able to resist it for longer. Are you? 
I live further north than you do now. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Where are you from originally? Middlesbrough. Right, okay, yeah. on Derbyshire. So yes, yeah. Uh, was, well, my father was with uh, ICI, so uh, Middlesbrough. Okay. Uh, but, um, um, you so, hide the accent very well. Yeah, well, I worked at the BBC a long time, didn't I? <laughs> so, uh, but, um, uh, so then, then, we, then we came back in with, you know, with the Mark Newson issue um, in late 2020, which was really cool to, you know, we're only as far as issue five, and we're working with somebody as big as Mark Newson, um, yeah. which, of course, we're now working with Sir Norman Foster, on the ne- sorry, Lord Norman Foster, on the next issue. Lord Foster, I should say. He's a, he's, um, a life peer, not a, an hereditary peer. If he was an hereditary peer, he'd be Lord Norman Foster, but as a life peer, he's Lord Foster. So. Right. A world I have no I know. I know. Well, it's a word I didn't either, but, uh, but it's the kind of thing, you know, you have to research. But it's, you know, he's obviously, he's the you know, preeminent architect on the, in the, on the planet right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for petrol heads, obviously, people know and love the Milo Viaduct, but, you know, Wembley, Millennium Bridge, Apple Centre, you know, uh, so many stunning projects and stuff. But, but crazy for his cars. Um, wonderful collection he has himself. Um, and he's all over this, it's, and it's going to be a great issue. I can't um, wait. That's, that's, so that's coming out in March. And then in June, we have a Le Mans special. Uh, where the centenary. The for the centenary. So we'll be out before the race. Um, so it's a busy weekend, a busy month. There's Le Mans. Then here at Bicester, there's the Flywheel Festival on the 18th and 19th, I think it is. I think um, I got an email this morning. Yeah, I think they've just announced it just this morning. It's 10 years, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, which is I great, which we're going to be we're gonna be heavily involved in, which I'm looking forward to. And then Classic Le Mans the weekend after that. So, um, so yeah, so the entire road rat is going to be taken. We're going to change the structure quite dramatically. So it's, it's, it's not going to have its usual kind of front-end features and back-end. It'll we'll just go straight into the feature, and there'll be 24 features, each of them be different stories, but representing different moods of that 24 hour period. Yeah, yeah. one for each hour. Yeah, so which I'm really looking forward to that. And then in September, um, you'll see a few, the format's not gonna change. Um, Same paper, same size, same weight, but just structurally a few little little tweaks we've got coming through. Um, And then that will land at the same time as our first film. Um, wow! Yeah, oh, now I'm even more well. excited. Yeah, which is going to be really good. It's going to be very different. Um, it's quite an obvious topic, um, but um, planes. Although, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes, it's about obviously. Yeah, it's about <laughs> playing cricket on America's Cup sailing boat. Yeah. It's um. It's um. Uh, um. No, you're, I won't. I won't see what it's about. Uh, it, okay. But um, um. I mean, I say it's an obvious topic. If you. If you. If you. Go looking for films about this particular car. Um, bearing in mind its level of celebrity, you'll be very disappointed at what you find. Oh, you know, right, okay. Yeah. Um, there's the usual stuff out there. None of it's that good, you know? Um, you, know we, we you know, Jeremy and Andy in, that, in those early years of Top Gear just set the, ball, the bar so high as to, as to what an automotive film looks like. Yeah. And I think everybody, and we're able to do it, because a combination of their talent and BBC money um, and, and the work ethic, you know. Um, um, Wilman particularly, the hardest working man I've ever come across. Um, and, um, but I think everybody since then has been trying to do Top Gear films, you know. Um, yeah. and, and, and not as well, because she can't, because there's, nobody writes them like Jeremy, nobody edits them like Andy, you know, or, or has that, their yeah, ambition. Yeah, you need you know? the real trifecta of those things to get the same output, don't you? You it's, do, you do. And if you just try and do it just with, a, you know, just with your cameraman mate and stuff, they, they're, they're much of a muchness. So, so we're going to take a slightly different approach. Uh, but 
uh, we think we're going to knock folks' socks off with this. And that, that, the, that, the subject of that film um, will be what's on the cover of, of issue 15. Right. Um, and then there'll be one more in, in late November. So we'll do four this year. Yep. So we've got a big year coming up. Uh, we've got four issues. We've got the film. Um, you'll see some developments online. Because we've, we've always sold online. All we've ever had is a web shop. Yep. Um, uh, that will begin to more from just being... I mean, it'll principally be a place to buy us, but bit by bit over the months and years, it'll evolve into something else. Um, uh, and with that, you'll see... a. We've always been shit at our social media. We're just not very good at it. You know, I, I'm it's not, not easy, though. Like the the only not, reason mine no, it's, it's kind not, of has any sort yeah. of presence is because it's just me running around doing things. Mm, mm. Like I do all the T-shirt designs. I do all the online stuff. I yeah. do all the podcasts. Yeah. Like the only reason I have any sort of following is because it's just people go, oh, there's a guy running around like an absolute lunatic yeah, trying to be involved in the Yeah, but who knows what to do with it? You know, who can, who, can, who can take good pictures and stuff like that. And if, well, I've only had this for a couple of weeks, yes. this camera. So I'm, I'm still at the, the start but, of Yeah, but you don't need... If you've got the confidence to, to use the camera on this yeah, and stuff... Phones um, can do a lot um, more than ever before. Um, and then it works and stuff. So we, we've just not been very good at it, but, uh, but we, are go, we are about to get better. Uh, yeah. And you'll see that across all of our, all of our channels and stuff. But uh, we had moments. When we started out really well. But we were kind of really precious about it, um, and it just took up too much time. You yeah. know? When you're doing everything, when you're doing, as we were back then, when you're doing the ad sales, and you're trying to run the finances, and you're doing production, and you're doing distribution and stuff. And you're putting half a ton of magazines in your car. And you're putting half a ton of magazines the, in your car. The guy from Coldplay we used packing to, boxes. We used like. to, you know, we'd do that. We'd get, Rupert and I, we'd kind of, we'd get into the office, and we'd look at the overnight orders, and we'd print out the labels. We have to put them in the boxes. Um, then we have to take the boxes, um, the magazines were stored downstairs. We packaged them upstairs, then we had to take them downstairs again to put them in the car. These, this rickety old staircase and carrying these great piles of things. Amazing, <laughs> we never had an accident stuff. And then drive them off to the post office in Stowe-on-the-Wold, um, carry them across the square, drop them in there, apologise for the, being so much work, oh, seeing, the, seeing the eyeballs of the post office stuff light up at the amount of money that was sitting for them to make, but also the effort involved. Um, but then we get back to the office and you just be shattered. Yeah. And you just think, oh, God, but now we've got to get on with the editorial side of it. So and then we have to do all this again tomorrow. And we have to do all this again tomorrow, you know. So, I mean, look, it, 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 was, it was lovely to see it received so well and people say so many nice things about it. Um, um, and there was something quite cute and cool about you know, putting it in boxes and sending it off to the readers yourself. That was rather nice. That felt yeah, nice, it's got it? that personal connection to it. It does. You? It's a deeply personal connection. You, know, you, got, you, know, you had this physical reminder of, that, you know, that people were enjoying what you were doing and that's yeah. and that's very gratifying you know uh i mean you know we're, we're much much bigger now much more international now uh but um but you know we still you know things like scrambles and stuff we try and put on a bit of a show and we you know we, we, we don't do it through an agency we do it ourselves and and stuff we've got some nice ideas for for what we're going to do at flywheel that's going to be we're going to use this space here we call it the, the parachute store because yeah. that's like all the buildings here that's exactly what it was um and um, it's, as you can see today, in the sunlight, it's just beautiful. It's such um, a lovely place to sit. Like, it's hard to convey exactly where we are over audio only, but anyone that's been to a scramble will have seen this place and they'll have seen your big boards outside on giant the scramble covers, days. Yeah. And yeah. anyone that's wandered in through the door will know just how lovely this looks. Comparatively to the other sites on here, it's quite a small space. Yes, it is, yes. It's not quite Hangar 136 yeah, no, or anything not, like that. But it's not. It's Although so it's, nicely put together. It's about the same internal temperature, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. it's, we struggled. It, look, it was built to keep parachutes dry and unfangled, not to, not to house human beings yeah, working no, in the media. You nobody know, was so. ever expecting this place to be this place. Or no, no. They, they, like, weren't, 
chuck them all in there, they'll be out the weather, that's it. It was the first, when, when Dan and, and Phil White first came here with this project, this was the first building they restored. Right. So this was the first office for the Bista Heritage operation. So before the they main were, house. Was before, yeah, before they all, and, and before they started moving in all, all the tenants. the lovely glass panels in, yeah. that, in that framework. Yeah, oh, it, look, it's, it's lovely. We absolutely love it, but it's, um, you know, it's better in the summer. It's, <laughs> it's cold in the wintertime. Um, well, We've just got the one fan heater going when we're all in here. We have three, so. It's but, January, we're recording this in January, so I, I tend to have a, a few lined up yes. ahead. February. So this will either be February or March when yeah. it comes out. Yes. But it is. It was three degrees when I left home this morning. Yeah. There was still ice on the roads, yeah. which might have also contributed to my very tail happy GT86. <laughs> but it was doing that before I put the new tyres on. It's, so. <laughs> it's a bit loose at the back end. Um, I, I'm yeah. I'm convinced something isn't right on the back end of yeah. that car, and everybody is like, I, I took it to my friends. Um, I'm convinced you're driving too fast, Liz. I, so. I don't think it's that. I, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it six years, and yeah. this is the first year yeah. I've felt like it's yes. loose. Okay. So I, I took it to Luden Classics, yeah. um, and we lifted it up, and we got a, a bar and checked all the bushes and everything, and everything seems to be connected to it. Yes, yes. Which really didn't help me, because yes. I was like, oh, they're proving me wrong. <laughs> it's leaning more and more towards me driving You've got the same quickly. tires on all four corners? No. PS5's on the back, PS4's on the front, which shouldn't make a huge world yeah. difference, especially if the front's behaving and the back's not. Yes. But, but every so often I get a bit of understeer from the front, which is completely new. Okay. Um, they, but, I was amazed when I, I changed, when I first, when I wore out, I've got a four-year-old Golf 7.5 GTI, um, and um, when I first changed the tyres at the front, it came on, on, on P0s, um, and... Um, I kind of I went with the road tester's tire and went with the pilot, um, and um, it was awful. Absolutely, it was noisy and it, um, oh, interesting. And very noisy. Much, much firmer. Much. It's, it's now back on. It has been since. Um, is it here? No, it's at home. Since I, I got a puncture on the A40 going. Not the, it's not in the A40. The A. What's the road past Silverstone? The 42. 43. 43. 43. Sorry. Um, um, two summers ago, I was going to pick up my lad. Um, was coming down from Manchester um, and um, I got the TPS light thankfully I was near a ramp so I came off the time I got to the top of the ramp it had gone down I, boom, boom, I could yeah. hear it oh, man. Um, so anyway I got it changed relatively quickly got it in the space over picked up my lab um, um, I was on like the Thursday or something like that booked the guy to come around and change the tyre for me on the Sunday one of the kind of do it at home Alfred's things um, after about 10 minutes, this guy knocks on my front door and he says, you're not going to believe this. And he said, what? He said, um, the rim's fucked. And I said, no, it's not. It's fine. I'd see. I didn't, I didn't run over anything. He said, no, internally. He said, yeah. you've hit a piece of metal that has gone through your tyre and through, through, your, wheel. In, through your wheel. Um, and I, I'll send you a picture of it. So you can see, I, I, my thing. It looked like a medieval arrowhead. <laughs> I'm sure it's not, <laughs> but that's exactly what it looked like. Jeez. And it went right the way through and put this little hole in the, in the room. So we had a similar thing. My dad had a 996 turbo and we came off a roundabout. Yes. And then we had the... Yes. Pulled over. Yes. Took the wheel off, put the space saver on. Took him a couple of minutes to realise you have to inflate the space saver. Yes. Because he was like, right, let's go. And I sat out a wonk. And I was like, okay. I don't think we're, we're quite right here. And he went, oh, need to inflate it. Yeah. So he's got the side yes. 
got the wheel back and went again to yeah. and this had we'd been over a piece of metal yeah. and put like a three inch hole through the wheel yeah and you had to have the wheel like yeah. welded yes. essentially yeah yeah because they're alloys it's it's not quite as easy as just yeah. steely where you just put a bit of steel no, on and I, get it rebalanced you know i did the thing of kind of thinking well i, I need a new wheel so you know phoned up um my dealer in reading and then frankly phoned the volkswagen press office and it was like 680 quid or something like that. It's like, no way. So thankfully the guy at Reading said, you know what, there's a guy around the back who can probably fix it for you. Because it wasn't a particularly big hole, but obviously enough to lose the pressure. But, and it's held up just fine. But it's, um, I'll find a picture and send it to you. But it's just not, it, it, honestly, it looks it's like, like an, arrow. an arrowhead. I remember I put it up on Twitter and I think Andy Palmer commented that he knew the, uh, he knew the potholes on the A43 were pretty big, but he didn't think they'd have Neolithic stuff in there. You know? it's, it's madness, uh, isn't it? Like, we've um, only, within the last few months, moved to just outside Northampton. Yes. And trying to get anywhere is, I look like I'm driving drunk, especially in that thing, <laughs> yeah. because it's on coilovers yeah. and bigger wheels. Yes. And yeah. So it's quite firm. Yeah. And you're just diving all over yeah, the lanes I know. just to it's, try, it's, try no. and dodge them. I had two last summer. Um, I live in um, South Oxfordshire and... Um, the way the roads are notoriously bad, yeah. um, and um, I had two, so I'm in just ridiculously cautious. These that's days. the real reason Tuttle drive rally cars. Inside though, six weeks, six yeah. weeks. But that, that's it's, why Tuttle do rally cars because yeah. then they don't yeah. have to worry about it because they're, <laughs> yes. they're in South Oxford as well. But it's you know it's the um, I mean the cost is a shocker, um, but also you see these you know these tyres which are pretty new. Both well, one was because it was the same wheel, yeah. inside front. Um, and you just think, oh man, just a waste of it all. You know, yeah. it's, you know, because we, you know, no matter what they say, these things just end up on dumps, you know. Uh, that's another thing that um, became an increasing, um, the significant influence for me internally was, was you know, I do, I do worry about, look, I'm not, you know, people need cars and, um, uh, and there should be cars and people should have freedom to drive cars. I'm not certain people should have the freedoms to drive G63s or Lamborghini Urises is, and stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I just, I personally, look, if you want to drive them, it's fine. I wouldn't. Um, but so I'm quite pleased that one thing we do on the road rat is, you know, because we don't, we don't do, we don't do drive stories. You know, you know, we, and you're not you doing know, new car reviews. Or, we don't do new car reviews, yeah. so we don't go on launches. We don't, we don't borrow press cards and stuff. That will change a little bit when, the, as the website matures. Yeah. Um, but you know. I'd like to. I'd like to think that even when we start to do that. Um, um, so, are you having thoughts with the website similar to like the Intercooler have done, where it's kind of contributing writers that are doing things? Um, I've not really seen that. much what they've done. I'm afraid. Um, so, it, um, essentially, it started as an Instagram account. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It was a really interesting. I was yeah. like, oh, that's actually a really. Yeah, I know they got a lot of a lot of traffic. So. Um, and then they've built from there into. Yeah. Not necessarily like a piston heads comparative, but yeah. that kind of vibe where it's like we've got Henry Catchpole writes yeah, bits yeah. for them. And no, they've got some good names I've seen writing. It's you know? that kind of yeah. almost like a community of writers contributing yes. pieces, yeah. and then that yeah. obviously will have the more yeah. um, kind of generic format of yeah. here's written bits with advertising, but on yeah. a, in an online. But, they space. but theirs is all subscription, isn't it? There is yeah. no advertising, yeah. Um, which can't be easy, I have to say. Um, you know, people are. Um, we do very well with that, you know. Our, bulk of our businesses subscriptions uh most people but it's 20 percent cheaper um and um i mean we get you know our last renewal at christmas time we got 91 percent subscription That's renewal amazing. rate which is unheard of in publishing so which is great we have a we have a really incredible loyal hardcore yeah um, um i don't uh, think i'm subscribed and there's a, a reason for it 
because I'm here so often. You can pick it up. That whenever there's a new one out, I just yeah. pop in. Yeah. And I go, oh, I've just saved on shipping. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's almost yeah. like a subscription, but I'm putting more effort in because I come here. We <laughs> flip-flop on that shipping, you know. We had, in the first year, we got a lot of stick for it. It was like, I can't believe you're charging all the, you know, shipping and stuff. Everything else I get is is shipping free, which annoyed the shit out of me because there's no such thing as free shipping. No, you know. You, you know. How do you think Jeff Bezos is as rich as he is, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so we could have had a unitary price, but we just chose not to because I, you know, I like the honesty of it that we could say, look, this thing weighs 1.1 kilograms. Uh, if, you, um, um, if, you, um, if you go to the post office and type that in, you'll find that's what, that's what we're charging by the time you add a box to that. You know, yeah. We're not charging the labor of it. Um, but it seems to settle down now, but it's, um, I think it's expensive for the States. I mean, it's, it's as much to ship it. In fact, on a subscription, the, sh- the shipping charges is more than the cost of the magazine. Right. So, yeah. The, 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 when's this going to go out? February? Uh, possibly March. Possibly March. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll have announced a price rise by then. Yeah. We have to. The paper costs have just gone through the roof, you know. Um, paper costs are almost twice the price they were two years ago. Because paper, you think about it, it's, you know, you get this big, wet ball of uh, wood pulp, you squeeze it flat, then you, then, uh, 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 then you have to dry it out. So it's just great big industrial hair dryers just, you know, blasting away at this stuff, you know. Which, with utilities costing more, like, yeah. You know, so. I, uh, I was in a meeting with a hotel owner the other day, mm. and he was saying that their utilities have gone from 50 grand to 300 grand within the last 12 months. So I, don't, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you know, we... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons we don't use this as much just because the electricity bill to keep it, you know, keep just it, keep it warm. Know, yeah. Hence the condensation, the condensation <laughs> on the windows and stuff. <laughs> so I don't know much of your story, fella. Tell me a little bit more about you. So yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm happy to tell my yeah. story. Yeah. I think people who listen to the podcast have probably heard it at least twice. Okay. Well, <laughs> give me the pricey then. But, so. Uh, no. So I, uh, I don't have a background in cars. I don't have a background in design. Right. I have a background in mental health. Yes. So I, I worked in high secure hospitals for three years. Yes. Uh, my other half's a psychologist, like a, a proper doctor of yes. psychology. Yeah. Um, so when we met, I tried to get into a career path again. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to. I got into sales and hated it. So yeah. whilst I was sat feeling sorry for myself, um, a couple of friends of mine, we'd, uh, we'd kind of been milling around the idea of, oh, let's do some automotive clothing. We're all into our cars. Sure. Let's just do something mm. with that. Um, and one of them was doing his chartered accountancy exams and the other one was just finishing uni. And I kept coming up with ideas and neither of them had the time mm. to, to, to dedicate to it. And I said, yeah. look, do you mind if I just take this on my own? I've got a bit of free time. I'm having these ideas. Yeah. And I'm, I, I used to work for UPS of all people. Right. And one of my customers was a fulfillment company yeah. and they had uh, the capacity to do on-demand printing and shipping of T-shirts. Yes. So I was like, I've got a bit of the logistics sorted. Yeah. Can I just have a go? I, I want to take it on, but I don't want to do that without asking first. Yeah. So they said, yeah. And then it gave me the, the capacity to kind of go, right, let's figure out what we're doing. And I've got kind of the pieces of the puzzle. Yes. Let's figure out how to put them together. Yeah. So that idea kind of molded from, well, I go into business meetings a lot with strangers. And if mm. it turns out that we're into cars, mm. it makes the conversation so much easier. You're not having a yeah. business meeting. Yeah. You're making a new friend. Yeah. And you'll sort the business stuff out. So the idea was like, right, how do we make it more obvious that you're a car person yeah. to car people yes. without it being a Ferrari logo on a t-shirt because yeah. they look a little bit a little bit vulgar yeah. if we have like a, a racing yeah. livery running through a design of yeah. say a t-shirt or a shirt or something yeah. like that if someone's into their cars they'll recognise that yeah. and then you're making a new friend yeah. and then that event then evolved into well if we can make these connections why don't we make it mean something why don't we use this 
the power of branding and sure. of the automotive world to make things a bit better for people sure. and really leaned into that mental health background that I've got yes. and kind of did some reflection and was like, yeah. well, all my car friends and all my close mates yeah. are through cars yes. and they're the people that I turn to when I feel like crap or yeah. when I'm having a tough time, I'll yeah. ask, we'll go for a coffee or a drive. Yeah. Well, let's just make that a bit more well-known and that's where the idea kind of came from. So. I've learned how to design from scratch. So yeah. all the artworks on my t-shirts and all the designs, they're all me. Wow. Just from learning how to do it. Wow. Um, all wow. the photography wow, wow, wow. and everything is just me, again, yeah. learning from scratch. Yeah. I got a camera a few weeks ago and I've yeah. been to four or five different car things since. Yeah. And it's tangibly gotten yeah, better no, each I, time. So I so. follow just how socially active you are. And, you know, um, but it's things, one of those so, where yeah. I've always got my phone in my pocket. Yeah. And most weekends I'm doing something car related because mm. if I get out and about, what I do gets seen more. And if mm. I'm, I'm hosting two events myself this weekend, like it's all about building this idea in yeah. this community and yeah. just kind of getting the automotive world to acknowledge the, the benefits for people's mental well-being and the community yeah. side a bit more than just the car stuff. Like going to a car meet, chatting with your mates over a cup of coffee and yeah. exploring cars, it's inherently good for you. Yeah. And there's that it side is. of the automotive enthusiastic world that yeah. the general layperson doesn't see or appreciate they see yeah. the cars spinning off roundabouts and hitting people or the yeah. noise and things like that and they don't yeah there isn't this understanding that it's aside from all that yeah. crap yeah there's so much good yeah and there's such a heart no to this you're, you're, car you're, world. you're so right Lou. it's uh yeah we i come up i mean it's hard work scrambles for us because everybody wants to chat yeah. Um, but my, you come away buzzing, you know. It's just because you just had so many interactions that day, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just great. And you're exhausted. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It is. It's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, right, yeah. I'm ready for some sleep. <laughs> yeah. now. Yes. It's really, they're really hard work, but I, but I really get off on them and really enjoy it. And it's, um, this place always seems, been coming to events here long before we moved here. And I think the only one where the weather was when they did Lufka Cult here. And I think they got that, it rained on that Sunday. And I think it was the, um, it was the only day in a run of about two months of sunshine, and they unfortunately literally pissed on their parade, which is a shame because it was a great event. Yeah, really nice installation using the place. But um, that—that's one of the things that I think the guys at Bista need to be conscious of: is that spirit and that yeah. kind of heart is what keeps people here. They are. They are. It's interesting. We're talking to the guys about the flywheel today, because which will have a you know. A different mood and different branding and stuff, but but they know that it's important to keep that because um, um, everybody loves scrambles. You know, it's yeah. just it's just it's just lovely to be with people in the sunshine in this space, just blethering about motor cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, twenty nineteen, my other half lived in Vista, mm. so she was doing a placement at um, Grenville Prison, mm. which is not far from here. Yeah. Um, so I would come and visit. I lived in Brighton, which is where I started all of this. Yeah. And she was up here, so we'd alternate weekends. God, quite a long And um, one weekend I was up here, and it was the scramble. Mm. And it was before I knew what this place was, or mm. the scramble, or anything mm. like that. I remember we were just in Bista, and I was mm. like, there are cars everywhere. What's going on? There's <laughs> yeah. So many classic cars yes. just coming right. into this place. Yes. I'm like, yeah. something's happening. Yeah. I need to know what it is. Yeah. Like, this is amazing what's going on. Yeah. And it was the, one of the, the earlier scrambles. Yes, no, you get it. The minute, you know, just kind of driving up the M40, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, look at that. He's in one of them. I'm As I was pulling in, a yellow cool. spree left. Yeah. I was like, oh, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you can't be anywhere near this place without yeah. there being something interesting uh, and exciting. It's great. And there's no gate policy, you know. It's, um, you know, I really like the fact that, you know, just some of the, there was um, uh, these guys next door, they had a 250 California, and they parked it out on the lawn. Um, 
and somebody can park to Ford Anglia next to it, you know. Brilliant. Um, and I think that's just magical. So, you know? and honestly, there were as many people looking at the at, at the angle boxes as were looking at the California. It's great, like so. The classic performance engineering guys often let me mm. park outside. Yeah, with the yeah, Renault. I've seen you car there. Yeah. Or the eighty six. Yeah, and the eighty six definitely does not belong yeah. <laughs> in the environment. It's the least classic car here. But the Renault's. Yeah, it's a five hundred quid yeah. Renault. And I'll park it there, and one of their customers has got the California, mm. and she'll park it almost next to my little yeah. Renault. Yeah. And they'll both get loads of attention. Yeah. Half the people are going, is that a real California? Yeah. And the other half are going, oh, I haven't seen a Renault 5 <laughs> in years. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant, but yeah. that's kind of the spirit of the card, and that's yeah. what kind of, when I have been working in this world and what yeah. I've been doing, yeah. has been the real spirit of what I've mm. been trying to kind of capture is yeah. it connects people from all walks of life. Yeah. There isn't this kind of status symbol to most of it there is no. in pockets there are yeah. but predominantly it's car enthusiasts yeah. loving cars yeah. it's not millionaires spending millions no it's no i've got a nice car yeah you've got a nice car yeah. or your car's interesting let's talk about cars yeah. like that's the interesting yeah. part that brings us all together i think that's really important and i think it's something that i you know it's one of the reasons why i'm a big advocate for us being here that i, th- I think and I don't, you know, I talked about us not being good on social media, and you'll see that get better. Um, that I, I do worry sometimes because we are expensive and because we've got very high production values that we might seem a little bit removed. Um, and that's just the product. That's not the people that put it together. And I'm very, very keen that we, which is why I like scrambles, that we, that we, and we want to communicate. We're part of this community. You know, we're car guys like the rest of you, you know. Well, I, one thing that I'd say to counter that perception is it's a quarterly book. It's not a magazine. Yeah. And I think people kind of trying to pigeonhole it as a car magazine, are, yeah. are they're missing the mark. Yeah. Like I will get weeks worth of content out of reading yeah. one of these. Like yeah. It's now part of my morning routine, yeah. which I've built in focus of my mental health. Like these phones, as good as they are for mm. all the things that you can do, and mm. I've got a photo that I took as my wallpaper and all that sort of stuff. Mm. They're so bad for us mentally if they're not used properly. Yeah. And what I've found is if I have my phone in bed before I go to bed, yeah. it's there when I get up, and yeah. at both ends of my sleep cycle, yeah. I'm looking at my phone. Yeah. It's not good for your brain. No. Because you're not getting tired, you're not going to sleep and waking up. Yeah. Your phone until you're exhausted, yeah. and you're asleep, and then you're awake and straight on it. Yeah. Your brain doesn't have the natural flows that it needs. So yeah. I've started, I've got an alarm clock, I leave my phone in the office when I yeah. am being good. And when I get up, I leave it alone yeah. for the first hour. Yeah. Go downstairs, make a cup of coffee, sit and read an article or two. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy my coffee, have some toast. Like, and then you're kind of more present in your life. Yes. Rather than oh, what's other people doing. Yeah. And it's made such a tangible difference to like my mental well-being. Yeah. And it's like immediately noticeable the days where I do it and yeah. the days that I don't. Yeah. It's really tangibly different. Yes. And having the Road Rat and Magneto and Octane. Yeah, are all ways that have helped in that space. Oh, look, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a very keen reader when I go out of bed. I mean, I do have my phone with me, but that's, you know, um, look, he's 23 next week, my lad, but he's still, I think, you know, um, I think even when your kids have grown up, I think being a parent and not necessarily being able to hear a phone call in the middle of the night is something that will yeah. probably keep you awake, so I do take it. But um, um, where I live, the radio signal's bloody terrible. So the, the easiest way to listen to the radio is through my phone. So, yeah. so um, it is the first thing I grab in the morning, but to switch Radio 4 on. Because um, yeah. so, um, <laughs> um, that's the easiest way to do it. Plus, it also means I can carry it around my house with me as well. Yeah, uh, but, No, you're absolutely right. Um, um, uh, and it's, you know, it's something that... Um, 
um, you know, we're going to start doing events here. Uh, we've got some plans for some talks, possibly some dinners, uh, possibly some, um, you know, um, combination of cars and coffee with a bit of a talk. Um, yeah, yeah. So, because, you know, we need to add, you know, obviously the scramble events here are great and the scramblers monthly events are good as well. Yeah. So we'd need to bring something new. So what we're thinking of doing is, is folks come up, we'll give them something to eat, something nice to eat, but, you know, out of a bag, you know, yeah, yeah. street food, but then get more in here and have a quick, you know, have a short lecture on something or a film or something like I've that. I've always yeah. found it interesting with this place when exploring the idea of what can you do mm. with Bista's permission almost. Because yes. obviously, yes. doing what I do, and I have a little network of car meets that yeah. are little monthly spaces to help yeah. build community and bring people together. It's not a show and shine or yeah. anything like that. It's a, look, these places... They're open, mm. they're doing breakfast, mm. come and park up, make some friends, have a mm. cup of coffee, get mm. out for the morning. Mm. Like That's the idea behind it. And it's yeah. been really quite nicely received, which is perfect. Yeah. So I've got a couple of friends on site and there's always been this, oh, why don't we do one here? Yeah. But will we be allowed to? Will we get yeah. in trouble? Like, what are the what are the limitations? There are limitations, you know. They, look, you need to, you know, they've got their brand to look after and they've got the, you know, they've got, they have to, you know, look after the welfare of all the tenants and stuff. But, um, um, but I guess with something like what your your idea is, I, it will be like an invite thing. Yeah, it would be relatively small. But yeah. you know, the great thing, you know, as we all know, Bicester is very easy to get to from lots of parts of the country and stuff, yeah. and it's a nice drive. And frankly. You know, you can make a day of it. You can come here and then you can, you know, bugger off and buy yourself some new clothes in the afternoon. I think you know? I bought more pairs of Vans from Bicester <laughs> Village than I've ever bought in my life. I'm, I'm not... You know what? I've never been... The only time we ever... One day we decided we wanted some Japanese food for lunch. So we went to the branch of Itsu there. Um, but that's the only time so I've been there. And I'm not... For the fact yeah. that I own a clothing brand yes. does not mean that I'm into fashion. Yes. I'm yes. not in any way fashionable. Yes. Like, yes. I just happen to make things yeah. that I like. yeah. So I'm not one of those that um, knows what's going on or anything yeah. like that. But the van store there yeah. is really cheap. Yes. And I was like, I bought a pair like a few years ago. I was like, oh, these are actually all right. Yeah. So I've got a few pairs of vans. Yes. And it's only because, A, Grace used to live here. Yeah. So it was round yeah. the corner. Yeah. And if I'm down here for yes. something at Bista, I'll just pop in and see what's about. Oh, no, I, I'll cry. look, I'm not. It's, it's, just, yeah. it's, 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 it's just a weird uh, idiosyncrasy of me. No, no, it's stuff. a weird place, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Um, but the last time I was at Bista, I had a go in a 959 by pure chance. That's right, I saw, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I went to have yeah. a look at the van store, and he was there as well. Oh, really? So there was this 959 just yeah. parked up in Bista Village. Wow, okay. And uh, the fun part of the story Good is on him. he Good went on him. to go into the Gucci store, yeah. and he had his dog with him, and they yeah. wouldn't let him in. So he messaged them saying, the high street store in London, the mm. big... The yeah, big yeah, one, yeah. They were fine on with the Bond dog. Street, yeah, yeah. Why can't I come in? Yeah. It was this really like, if they knew what, who this guy was, yeah, yeah. And what car he'd just turned yeah. up in, all that sort of thing, they probably would have let him in the shop. <laughs> That's pretty bloody cool, turning up to Bista Village in oh, a 959. Well, they've got that yeah. little VIP park. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was yeah. just this 959 yeah. and then yeah. a sea of Range Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. They wouldn't let me park there yeah. in the 86, <laughs> and It's one of those, I wish I was in the 5 and I'd yes. followed him in. So I was like, no, I'm with him. And I can just park my little rock box next yeah, to him. Yeah, he's with me. Yeah. Uh, Do you find on the mental health thing is that in, there's, there's, you know, in coverage of, um, uh, I don't want to say saying this because I think it is, there is a mental health crisis, um, but it's often it's often portrayed as being um, uh, less spoken about in terms of men's mental health. Um, and with you know, with the best will in the world, 
cars are more of a guy's thing. No, there are more, not more of a guy's thing. There are more guys. You know, every magazine I've you know, it's it's even even Top Gear, which was we did we did really well. We still had a seventy thirty male female split. Yeah, you know, it's about um, 66 percent yeah. male yeah. to female in the yeah. in the automotive yeah. enthusiast world. Yeah, and you're right. The one of the big things that I am trying to do with this idea is to make it a little bit more common for blokes to talk. Because we mm. are bad at it, and there's mm. a, a lot of ego connected to that, and pride, mm. and mm. you've got to be strong. And mm. There's a, a big part of that is, we've had a hundred years of blokes having to kind of be tough. Mm. Like the wars mm. kind of bred this spirit of man up and tough it out. And then that's kind of been perpetuated. And then any time that any sort of like, in commas, softness was perceived, it was mm. weakness, not yeah. just soft. And then anyone that's been a bit more comfortable with their emotions or a bit more open and vulnerable has then yeah. been seen as weak or yeah. feminine, yeah. which we've got this kind of mentality that men shouldn't be able to talk openly and they shouldn't be able to be vulnerable and they shouldn't be able yeah. to cry and feel emotions. And currently there's, there's a bit of a change in that wind. Yeah. It's becoming a little bit more commonplace. Yeah. We've got some quite public figures talking about it. Yeah. Even like Toto Wolf has been yeah. a bit yeah. more open and honest about yeah. mental health and things like that. And that's really helping to to kind of reduce the stigma around the conversation. Yeah. And the thing with cars is it inherently gets blokes talking about stuff that they're interested in. Yeah. And if we have this sense that the mental health stuff is almost is also a normal part of conversation. It doesn't yeah. have to be I'm having a breakdown yeah. before you talk about it. Yeah. It can just be, yeah. I've had a bit of a shit week. Yeah. Or, oh, that's really upset yeah. me. Or, I found that difficult. Yeah. If that becomes more normal, yeah. the mental health kind of crisis, it won't be fixed yeah. because there's still stuff that's going to make you feel yeah. like shit. We've got so many pressures yeah. and things going on. But it's probably going to reduce the amount of people that get to the very ultimate yeah. end of that. It's, it's going to make it more manageable. It's going to make it... it like easier to digest and kind of not compound on top of itself as much because you, yeah. you often find that there's that I've had a rough day but I can't talk about it yeah. and then you have another one yeah. and then it puts you right back in and then yeah. it gets worse and worse yeah. and worse and the, the, the individual events that happen might not necessarily be that bad yeah. but because they've happened on top of each other you're then in a well what's the bloody point yeah. scenario yeah. whereas if you have a bad day and you go I've had a bad day yeah and you have a nice, easy, open conversation about it, yeah, without judgment or ridicule, yeah. Then the next time you have a bad day, you're not like, yeah. "Oh, this is on top of that one." It's like, right, yeah. I know what to do to help yeah. make this not feel as bad, or yeah. come up with an idea of how to fix it. Yeah, well, well, like well, yeah, or yeah, or or, or or simply have the tuition to go. Okay, this is this is something that's beyond my control. You know, there's nothing I can do. But I lost a very good friend. Um, she was um, um, Mary's dog walker for all Mary's life, um, and. Um, uh, took her own life two years ago, last November, um, and um, and you know, in retrospect, it was all there to be read. You know, the, the social media post stopped, um, and she suddenly she was, you know, she was, uh, you know, within a within a half hour window, she was reliable as clockwork. You know, if she you know she'd be there at nine or half past nine to come pick her up, it wouldn't you know, she would never always be that, but but she would always do it. And then all of a sudden, there'd be last minute cancellations and and stuff. And then, you know, just not being in touch. And, uh, and, you know, the weekend before she took her life, you know, I, it was only then I was very aware um, that something was going wrong, you know. Um, and, um, uh, you know, you just, it's very easy to think that, you know, just, you know, uh, Bryony, her name was Bryony. Um, uh, I'd just been, you know, to say, 
because yeah, she had she's had a bad relationship breakdown a guy yeah. been, the guy been an absolute arsehole and um and it, you know if she if it just been possible and, i mean we talked about that quite a lot when that happened but it was more because he was being such a tosser that i wanted to help her he was following her around and stuff like that and i'm like okay you need to you know yeah, you need yeah. to start taking notes and, and all the stuff and photographs when you can and everything so it was more it was, it was more about his threatening behavior than it than it was than it was about what it was doing to her you know yeah. when it was obviously doing something you know, absolutely catastrophic to her, you know. There's, there's a certain amount of education. It's the saddest thing, you know. Yeah, you know? and I think if, if that, that situation obviously is, is horrible, mm. and there's probably an amount of, did she understand what, how to communicate what she was mm. feeling, and did she understand what was available, or there's probably a lot of factors outside of the, oh, you didn't spot it until it was too late scenario. yeah. yeah that also need addressing as a kind of a a cultural thing of do people understand what they're feeling and can yeah. people interpret their emotions and yeah. can people recognize the signs and know what to do about it like yeah. if if she'd have recognized the signs of how she was feeling and yeah. then been able to access the appropriate kind of support and help and professionals she might have not been in the situation that she was ultimately yeah. because she had that knowledge and that yeah, that yeah. access. Yeah. Right? yeah, there's more pieces to that that puzzle than just oh nobody nearby picked up on it and stepped in. There's also a, oh she didn't really have access to what she needed at that time, or she yeah. didn't understand how severe it was yeah. and what signs she should have yeah. picked up on and the routes that she should have taken when yeah. those signposts were in front of it. Like it's such a more like deep situation than just. We have to rely on the people around us to spot it. Yeah, there, there's so much more that goes on, and if everybody can understand the signs and what to do yeah. and where to go, then we'll have less frequency of this because you'll have gone, oh, yeah. that's what that means. Yeah, I'll mention this, yeah. or we'll have a conversation about it, or she would have seen it, or yeah. someone else would have seen it, and it's such a bigger picture than one person. Just fight at, the, or, at the point at which you know, taking your own life, when you begin to, when there's ideation around it and stuff but that's that's that you know that's the point at which it you know that needs to be education around okay the the very fact you're even thinking of this even if you immediately dismiss it oh, i can't possibly do that um the very point you've had that thought that has to be the point and that's just what i wish because you know i'm sure brian didn't wake up in the morning and think i'm going to hang myself later um but you know just just if you know along with all the other times for personal welfare education we have the thing that says if you're thinking about it you you have to go and see you know just like if your big toes turn green you know you go to the doctor you, the you doctor. know if you've had you've had that thought that means you are in trouble because yeah. it's not it means you know you're poorly you know yeah um, it's, it's a sign of something isn't right because mm. you're you're not predisposed to want to be in that mindset yeah. like yeah. our natural function is to keep going yeah and if you're thinking of not doing that yeah. then it's it's a sign that yeah. something is not in the right place yeah. or something's unbalanced and that you should do what you would do as you say if you had a physical ailment you'd go yeah. and see someone yeah and it needs to be more commonplace and there's a lot of fear around talking about it because people fear the the way they're perceived or the the impact it will have on their like working life or their social life and yeah. there's so much fear around yeah oh if i talk to someone about yeah. this how, what are they going to think of which, me and which is just in itself it's just which is such an awful thought that you that you fear that by telling folks that you're that you yourself are going to be judged i mean I say, you know, yeah. um, it's awful, and yeah. 
even doing what I do and the the experience that I've had and the places that I've worked mm. and having a literal therapist as mm. my other half, yeah. it's still every time that things get a bit dark or things get a bit tough, mm. there's still that barrier of I have to get over this barrier. Yeah. And it's it's that line that is the real kind of tough part that we yeah. we have to make a bit easier to cross. Yeah. I look, I, look, I couldn't agree more and you absolutely have my support. And I don't know if, if there's, um, you know, if there's, if the stuff that we can do, as I say, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I'd love if we're allowed to at Vista to, you know, to make this place open um, for, for, for communities. Cause I, you know, it's, um, it is a great community. You're very right to identify it as such. Um, um, you know, it's, um, well, I think there's yeah. always ways to explore how things can mm. work. And I, I don't think it needs to be, there doesn't need to be pressure around it. There doesn't need to be, oh, we're going to do a thing. Mm. There just needs to be like a, an awareness of yeah. the community side. Like yeah. the coffees and cars stuff. It's not me going, you should talk mm. right now with yeah. your friend. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. come to this place, have yeah. a nice morning, yeah. chat yeah. with your mates about anything. Because yeah. it'll make you feel yeah. better if you are feeling like yeah. crap. Yeah. But we're building these communities around the idea that yeah. if you need to talk about it, yeah. that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You're not going to be in a place where people are going to judge you for it. Yeah. You're allowed to go, I'm really struggling. Yeah. And the people that you're there will go, yeah. we, we understand, we're here for you. How can we help? Do you need us just to listen? Do you need yeah. ideas? Like, yeah. And if, we, if more people in the industry and in the automotive community resonate with that idea and like preach that idea almost, yeah. which makes it sound far too close to a religion, um, then we might see a, a real tangible no, shift. But there in... is, you know, it's, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, um, it gives me great pleasure and comfort um, to see, you know, initiatives like yours, to see how um, open Alex is, Alex Goy is about it, um, to see uh, everything Adam Gompertz has, you know, has, you know, has done in, 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 you know, without, without bringing his faith into it at all. He's no, just, and both of those have know, been, been know, on the podcast before. Yeah, and we've, oh, we've talked terrific in, guys. In I, I'm very fond of them both, you know. Um, um, and Adam's doing the, yeah. the Revs Restore project here on yeah. site, which yeah. I am, I'm technically part of, and I'm trying to find ways to pull my weight a bit more. Yes. Um, but there is a real kind of like openness to this idea of mental mm. health. Mm. And there's a lot of good people within mm. the world that we live in, mm. within the automotive sphere, that are real kind of like ambassadors for the idea. Yeah. Um, and which is great. Like when I started doing this, I had no experience within the car world. I was just a guy who liked cars. Yes. And I've kind of peeked behind the curtain. Yes. And now I've stepped behind the curtain. Yes. I'm doing more within the other side of the car world. Yeah. And the more I get involved, the more like great stuff that I see. Yeah. And it then is just more reassuring to go, right, just carry on. Yeah. Things will fall into place and this will grow in its yeah. own way. And the people here are the right people to be, yeah. to be working yeah. with. Yeah. Well, we should, we've got we've got some ideas around community of discussing Formula One that we've got to that's beginning to bubble up. We should um, when we've got some a little bit more concrete on that, maybe we should talk about it. But it's you know, um, you know, even though this you know Formula One is, we'll get very excited about it, and it's normally t- useless. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but 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 um, but it does bring an awful lot of people together. In that you know, yeah, you know, it's you know, a very big circus. You know, everybody's going to be watching enjoy. Bahrain, even though even if Max drives off into the distance on lap two, you know, it's going to be up. Everybody's going to be watching it and stuff. So we, we so we're going to try. We've got some ideas to harness that that we're developing with because we're working with Nick Trot and Paul Regan from Twenty Seven Works on our digital stuff. Um, but that's you know I've got this thing that, that I, I I do sometimes worry 
that, um, that, you know, that road rats are a bit, um, this is a very beautiful thing. I'm not happy to say that, I'm very proud of it. Um, but it, it can be a little bit aloof and it comes by. I said, I was talking to the rest of the board the other week and saying it's a bit like the International Space Station. You know, it kind of, you know, once a quarter it goes over and it's very beautiful and amazing. You go, wow, there's a space station. And then it's gone and that's it, you know, and, it, and it's up there. Um, and I just think, you know, we need to kind of, we need to, to, to retain that, but just get our feet on Earth a little bit more often, you know? Um, I can understand Which, you, you know, I'm personally very happy doing. I'm a bit, I can be a bit grumpy and a bit aloof myself and stuff, but I do, you know, I, you know, I love chatting to readers and stuff at Scramble. It's just great. Yeah. You know, they love, they love chatting to me as well. Sometimes it's like, all right, mate, you've had your five minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Take a ticket and move on. You know, <laughs> so, and you see somebody who's like that and they're kind of, they wander around and they've picked up all the mags and you think, oh, they're going to buy them. And they go, oh, no, I'm not. And you, <laughs> but, you know. Well, I think I have got over I've an hour. gone on, 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 on. I hope I haven't gone on too no, much. No, no, no. So, yeah. This is a short episode. Okay. Um, but I'm okay. conscious that you have things this afternoon as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, um, but it's, okay. it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, it has, Lewis. Really, really nice to meet you. Really nice to talk to you. And, and you know, good on what you're doing. I think it's great. It's, uh, um, it's really important. You know, I, um, it was funny. I was listening to the radio last night and I was listening to um, James Norton on the news agents. Just um, a man you know, absolutely on top of the world after the, the, the finale of Happy Valley. Um, you know, hugely talented, but just, you know, wonderful, gorgeous, but generous spirit. Um, and, then I, and then it got to the end of that interview, um, and I turned over, and then the next thing, the BBC um, uh, Final on Four was doing a thing on Andrew Tate, and I thought, oh, oh God, right. here we go. These, you know, these, these, you know. Hugely contrasting. Just these two men, you know, with these with this enormous charisma. But one of them is just is so positive, and the other one's so negative. And it was such a weird juxtaposition. Just, just My so really word. strange. It's like, how can I go from this world? Because you know, James James Norton. I mean, he's stunning, ridiculously handsome man, but just so easygoing and so generous. The way he talked about the team on the show and how they work together. And it was just, it was just, it was just lovely to listen to. You know? Yeah. Um, 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 and then you just, you know, literally a podcast finishes and the radio comes back on and you're just in this toxic world, you know? Um, um, anyhow. Well, was, we're all doing our bits, especially in the car world. To yeah. Try well, and make it a bit yeah, of a nicer well, place. You know, um, yeah. Um, likewise. All signed up for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sitting That's down a pleasure. with me. Pleasure. Thanks, Lewis. Uh, I'm going to hit stop on the recorder okay. there. Thank you.